So this is episode two and our first uh, topic episode for No Matter Where, No Matter When podcast. Um, Today we're going to talk about what makes a No Matter Where, No Matter When friend. Yes. Um, I think the most important part of a no matter where, no matter when friend is, you know, that friend that comes into your life and proves time and time again that they're there, that it's not, you know, on a basis of only good times. You know, I've had friends in the past that I thought were no matter where, no matter when friends, but that was only when they were going through hard times. You know, if they were being abused or, you know, someone was cheating on them, that's when they turned to me. But then during happy times, like when they got married, I was not involved or invited. Um, so those are not no matter where, no matter when friends. No. And I think we, we've discussed this. Um, the foundation of your no matter where, no matter when changes. We talked about this with, with life. You know, you go through seasons of life and your view on what your ride or die, no matter where, no matter when changes. I feel like, you know, we made the joke about it when we were in our college years and teenagers, no matter where, no matter when they could have been your next door neighbor and they're at their boyfriend's house. So you're like, get over here. He just broke up with me. I want you here. That would have been your no matter where, no matter when. You know, I think as you grow and people create their own life, as we've seen with us over the years, you know, you lived literally on the other side of the country. And the other side of the world. Yes. Um, it changed. That's where the where came in and where we got it for our podcast because as – Discussed in our intro, Ali is our world traveler. Um, so, you know, you have to go through the seasons of life and know that you're not always going to be in the same county, in the same state, in the same country as someone. So you have to be able to roll get with the through. Punches. Yes. And I feel like if you're not going to include your friends in your seasons of life, they can be your no matter where, no matter when, but you're not making them the priority or they yeah, you're not making them the priority to be that for you. It's very one-sided. So we, we, in reference to what Ali was talking about earlier is, you know, you only want them there when it's convenient for you instead of allowing them to be there through every step. Like they've allowed you to be in their life. So having children and being able, you know, to have your friends be a part of your children's life, not just when it's convenient, like birthday parties or, you know, events where you're getting something out of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's also like, you know, having that type of friend that, you know, truly becomes family is... Mm -hmm. You know, it's important because they can be there for all of those events in your life. I mean, 
we went from sitting on the beach drinking Smirnoff ice and crying and bitching that all men are horrible to, you know, you meeting Kyle and getting married and having Madison and, you know, all of my adventures. Um, and I think it's important that, you know, you, you grow in a sense together, because if you can't do that, if you aren't the friend that can roll with the punches and handle, you know, I saw something on Instagram the other day that was like, you know, my, my friend just had a baby and now she won't hang out with me. She's known me for 12 years, but she's known the baby for a day, but whatever. And I'm like, I'm reading it and I'm like, you know, there are a few people that I know that would be like that, Yeah. but that's not a no matter where, no matter when friend. No. Because as funny as that is that, you know, the children always come first, family comes first. And, you know, sometimes that can be the family that you choose, but it also, you know, has to be the family you created. You know, I'm not going to say a lot about the family you were born into because not for everybody is that, you know, the best situation. But, you know, the family that you build is so important. And if your friends can't be there and be a part of that in every situation, you know, then they're not the no matter where, no matter when friend. No. And, you know, I thought about this yesterday driving down here, you know, I think when you go through your seasons of life, you're really, your friendships are tested. Mm -hmm. So Kyle and I were lucky enough when we moved to West Palm. And I think, you know, we had talked about this, everything changed. We got really lucky with a group of friends that we got and they kind of rolled with each season, but we were the only married couple. Now there's another group, another couple in our little group that we, you know, clung to up there when we first moved in. Um, that they were just dating. They were the long-term. Um, but we were the first ones to have a baby. We were the first ones to buy a house. And they kind of just, you know, went with it. And when Madison was born, they stepped into their roles flawlessly. I mean, that aunt and uncle role came on and was on point. They were there for all of the milestones. They were always, hey, you know, bring the baby. Come, we're having a cookover or cookout. You know what I mean? And that was solidified when we got David because David came into a situation and he had only known Madison to call these people aunt and uncle Mm -hmm. and all of our friends that were in our life stepped Mm -hmm. into that role for him. They show up for him just as much as they show up for Madison. And I think that's super important. One of the things that I say the foundation for me is, is that you have to love my kids. Mm -hmm. And if you can't love my kids, we can't be friends because part of my entire existence is my children. So if you are not willing to deal with going to family dinners where things may be a hot mess because one kid doesn't want to eat this, one kid is throwing a fit because they don't like the place or, you know, and you're not willing to roll with it or you're not willing to have, you know, family events where the kids can come and it's only ever an invite of, well, you have to leave the kids at home you're not really my friend. Yeah. I can't even imagine doing that. Like, 
you know, I have some very close friends that have children. You know, I have you, I have Katie, I have Megan, I have Kim. And honestly, like, I love you guys, but I kind of love your kids more. (laughs) If I'm honest, like my friends have had some, um, have given birth or gotten some amazing children and, you know, all of them are so unique and so much fun. Like, you know, with, with Landon, his, his interests are just so fascinating and he's so brilliant and I love his dad jokes. Like, I feel like he's so beyond his years when it comes to dad jokes, but he's so much fun to be around. And, you know, Lillian, who is, you know, my newest niece, yeah. um, her personality is just hilarious. She is, she's wonderful to be around Madison and her, her passions that, you know, she's growing into and watching her become her own person is incredible. And, you know, I love that I've gotten to, you know, build my bond with her over the last year, you know, and Olivia is, well, she's a firecracker. She's, (laughs) she's great, but you know, she, you know, she'll sing Megan Trainer to you and she, I, I love Olivia and Patrick, who I don't get to see as often as the others, is great. And, you know, he, he's just so much fun to be around. And he has the cutest British accent. Oh, my goodness. Even though he lives in Florida. <laughs> so thanks to his dad for that because it's awesome. That's so funny. Um, But, no, I mean, I would never in a million years be like, hey, let's go out believe the kids at home like I do appreciate the times I get with my friends when it's you know girls night or something like that or you know if I'm going through a hard time it's not that I don't want the kids there I love the children it's that I don't want them to see me yeah crying or you know cursing or anything like that it has nothing to do with them it's more so the situation and I feel like there's instances where you're gonna you know you know that the kids don't need to be there Mm -hmm. and that's different but if you're every time you're wanting to hang out you're telling me I don't want the kids there then we're not friends yeah because if you love me then you love my kids Mm -hmm. and that goes you know we've recent turmoil I should say that we're dealing with is that I feel like if you love my kids you love my kids wholeheartedly any child that comes into my life and Ali will attest to this T.T. Amber loves the kids. I will go above and beyond. Mm -hmm. They will have whatever my kids have. Your kids are spending that at my house. They are going to be treated like my own. And I expect the same from my friends when they're with my kids. Now, you know, Allie goes by Dota. Dota, Madison and David only have one Dota, or in David's eyes, Dota, which Madison would probably go along with too because now she's obsessed with baby Yoda. I'm okay with that. I'm very wise. <laughs> but I feel like there's certain things that, you know, Dodas and aunt and uncles and grandparents, that they do. And that's just the role that they take on, that mm-hmm. you only have that connection with that person. You know, and they're spoiling, and that's fine. My friend Danielle will tell you, I spoil the crap out of her kids. Mm-hmm. But that's just who I am. Like, I'm not – if I have your kid with me and I'm doing something special with – Madison or David I'm not going to be like you're just going to sit out and watch no your kids coming along like they're going to get the same experience as my kids of course and that has to be reciprocated I am also big 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 on respecting my kids 
Um, now I will tell you if you take my kid, listen, if she doesn't behave, put her in timeout, mm-hmm. spank her butt. Yes, I spank my kids. I said it and I'm saying it out loud. Don't care. Um, I feel like that's the problem with society <laughs> these days. When we were kids, that happened and we're a respectful generation. Yeah, no, my kids. So now, think about it. I'm not mommy dearest, but she will get her, Madison will get her butt patted. David, that approach does not work. And I also don't want to traumatize him from the things that he's been through. Um, I think I flicked him once on his head and he cried for like a day and a half. And it was kind of like a thump, like, like, what are you doing? Like, hello. Um, And I never did it again. But he is more of a words person. Mm -hmm. So if I tell him I'm disappointed or I have, like, to speak to him sternly or I yell because, yes, parents yell. (laughs) Minor interruption. That was her furry children interacting. Um, It hits. It affects him more. Madison is still at the age where words don't really sink in. Mm-hmm. So she's out of control. She's getting her butt spanked. I think it's she's also, good. you know, with David, you know, he's he's a teenager now. Yeah. And, you know. But it's been like that. It'll be five years since we got custody of him. And it's been like that since the beginning. Yeah. I think, like, in the first three months, I, like, thumped him. Like, flicked him on the head. Like, what are you doing? Because he did something. And ever since that day, like, it just stuck with me. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, he is older. So what I say tends to stick more mm-hmm. and he can process it. Madison, still some of the things that I say to her, she's like, I don't even know what you mean. I'm like, <laughs> all right, well, you're going to know what I mean today. <laughs> like, you're going to learn today. <laughs> it's just, it's very different. Um, I don't always believe in getting physical, but, you know, I will tell my friends, listen, my kid spends the night, she's not behaving, call me, I don't care what time it is, I'll come and pick her up. So my other logic with the respect part is, is that don't talk about my kid. Mm-hmm. If you are my friend and something negative has happened with my kid and you are not coming to me directly and saying, hey, this happened so I can correct it, so I can have a conversation with my kid and hold my kid accountable for their actions but you're willing to sit and drink with other people and my kid is the topic of discussion you're not my friend you're not my friend you don't love my kid and you're also just kind of a shitty person yeah i just feel like children point blank period are off limits and grown people that talk about other people's kids in a negative light are fucking weird yeah i think it's fucking weird I don't understand why you would be out drinking with your friends and be talking about somebody else's kid. And one, the parent is not there to talk about the child or two, even the kid, depending on the age of the kid Mm -hmm. is not there to have an input. Maybe when you were with that kid, the interaction that happened, they were going through something, you know, Madison has been feeling, we'll say the effects of, things that have been going on that will be on our family episode that we talk about. Um, And I feel like there is people in particular that have been kind of speaking about her actions. Now they're speaking about actions that no one else has seen, but apparently it happened with them and there was no accountability on their end to come to me as her parent and be like, Hey, this is what's going on. I feel like if you're my friend, my kids with you, 
they're being an asshole, you should be able to come to me and be like, yeah, yeah she was kind of an, she was kind of an asshole. Yeah, and I think also like on that level, like with this type of friendship that we're talking about, you know, there has to be that level of honesty. Yes. And appreciation of the honesty. You have to be able to talk to each other. You know, I think over the years it gets easier mm-hmm. because I, you know, when we were when we were younger, you know, it would cuz you I don't know if you enjoy confrontation or you're just really good at it. I'm not really sure which one, but you're much bigger into confrontation than yeah. I am. I don't like confrontation. It, it definitely, you know, in fight or flight, I'm definitely flight and you're definitely, I'm fight. definitely fight. And, um, but I, so I think when we were younger, that, that was a challenge for us. Yes. I mean, it's still a challenge. I still will punch you in the fucking face and not ask a question. Yeah, no. Especially, sure. hear me if you're listening. And if you know me, especially when it comes to my kids. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, for us personally, I don't yes. think you'd punch me in the face. No. I guess no. I'd never do anything to warrant that. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's a very true statement. Um, no, I don't think I would punch. So the people that I love that I know, you are my no matter where, no matter when. Obviously, the basis of our podcast is mm-hmm. us. Um, but I feel like. The people that have been there, and I saw this somewhere, and it's so true. The people that knew me before I was a mom know the true me. But the people that want me to be the person I was before a mom never knew me at all. I like that. There's such wonderful things that come from social media. Because I feel like, I mean, us, 21-year-old Amber... You are a delight to anyone. <laughs> and 28-year-old Amber that, you know, gave birth to Madison. Mm-hmm. And my life, I feel like my life began when I had her. Yeah. And I know that's so cliche and everybody hears that and you're like, ugh. But it's the truth. There's just something in you that changes because now you have, it's different when you have a plant. It's different when you have an animal. But it's not different when you have an animal because you still have to keep them alive. A plant, like, you can throw in the trash and your feelings aren't hurt. <laughs> um, but I feel like when you become responsible for another human being or another being, period, your life changes. And I feel like that comes with maturity. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, things just, they change. Your priorities change. Everything changes. And that's where we're talking about the seasons of life. When I got married, things change. Remember, we went through all the drama of people saying, well, you're not the same person. Well, no shit, I'm not the same person. But I think also this, you know, the it is cliche to say, like, your life began when Madison was born or when people have children. But it's true because the fact of the matter is, I mean, I don't have children, but I have many friends that have children and I am someone's child. Um, you are? I am. <laughs> Um, is that, you know, you have, you know, you have your partner, you love your partner, but honestly, that love is not always unconditional. No. Because, you know, if someone cheats, if someone abuses, if someone, you know, that love can go away. Yes. And it is a bond that can be broken. Yeah. But a bond with a child is completely different because that is, if you're a good parent, that is an unconditional love. Yeah. 
that is a love that no matter what your child does, you love them. You are there for them. You support them. I mean, as creepy as this sounds, I watch a lot of like true crime (laughs) stuff. And one of the episodes I watched of this like documentary on like the world's most evil killers the other day, you know, they interviewed the serial killer's dad. And he was like, it's disgusting what my child did, but that is still my child. Yeah. And I'm like, even that I was watching and I was like, damn, that is some kind of bond. Yeah. Like your child killed like 40 people, but you're still like, oh, my little baby. (laughs) Um, So yeah, no, I think parents, you know, a bond between a parent and a child is very different. And I think in some, in a lot of ways, if you don't have a child, you don't understand that. No. And I mean, when that, that quote that said, if you knew me before Mm -hmm. I had a kid, you know, you didn't really know me. Yeah. It's the truth because I mean, social media, we'll talk about it is amazing because Mm -hmm. you have all of these memories to look back on. So if you look back from when we were first friends, when I was 21, dancing with bottles of hypnotic and yeah, that, again, are there really weird things breaking into people's campers? I mean, the magnitude of things that happen, and you look back on those memories, and then you start to see, you know, the seasons of life where I got married to Kyle, mm-hmm. where Madison came into the picture, and your brain shifts. Mm-hmm. You know, you go from posting about "Hey in the club" to "Hey changing a shitty diaper." <laughs> <laughs> You know, and you start to see as you get older and people have that shift that, oh, people are starting to respond to that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where, you know, your friends come in. You know, I, my friend Danielle, who, I think you met at Matt. No, you didn't. Did you meet her at David's party? Yes, Mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. Um, So my friend Danielle will laugh because when I'm up doing homework or like when we first got Bodie, her youngest does not sleep. Most beautiful baby in the world. He don't like to sleep. He was a really gorgeous baby. He is the most beautiful little boy I've ever seen in my life. And David's beautiful, but like Bubba and anybody that's listening to this that knows him, like they will attest to he is the most delicious He's little boy. gorgeous baby. Um, Good job. So she jokes because she's like, you should have texted me. I'm up. You know what I mean? Like that's the friends that you want. She's like, text me, call me. I'm just mm-hmm. sitting up, you know, because um, he doesn't want to go to sleep. Yeah. So that's the people that you're looking for in your life that are like, they're making light of what's torturing them at the time, Mm -hmm. but they're also like, let's get through this together in our own way. Yeah. So I feel like that, you know, is a big change and we've seen it, you know, we've had discussions about our, I don't even know if you can call them relationships. If we look back. Depends on them. Cause I feel like for some of them. Situationships. A lot Can of we them, call it that? definitely. Um, I think, honestly, some of them we just made up in our minds. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like we saw something that they did oh. not see. And, like... So if we, we go did- back and you listen to the intro, we could tell you, Allie and I have been friends since right before I turned 21. And I said this in the intro. But I knew you before we got close because yeah. of Greg. Yeah. So... We, when I tell you, Ali has seen a lot of seasons of my life and vice versa. Oh, yeah. Um, she's, yes, 
we so we'll just say our situationships at that point because we were I don't know if we were sober for a lot of that yeah no I don't think we were I feel like 21 when I turned 21 it was I was a blackout year (laughs) (laughs) um we we were just not hanging out with the best of groups no and even looking at them so let's talk about the dynamic of them how many of those friendships are still intact and you're talking about these are boys because some of them are still boys that grew up with each other from a young age and some of them don't even speak anymore yeah i think that's so bizarre especially the two we always talk about that were like brothers well, and... that's because one is now a monk, apparently. <laughs> and the other, I mean, let's look at the one. Yeah. We I knew it was going to happen. Didn't think but it would we happen didn't this think... big. <laughs> like, uh, but, you know, good for him. Like, like the whole settle down. Yeah. Surprising. Never thought it would have happened. Surprising. Blew my freaking mind. Yeah. I figured he would, like, impregnate a few people. But to impregnate one person a few times, I didn't really see that coming. He was going to run the baby mama game. Yeah. But now he's, I mean... It, He's married. It's kind of like a proud moment to be like, he only has one baby mama and he's married to her. Yeah, no, I think that's great. So, you know, nothing against people that have many baby mamas. Nick Cannon has like 30, apparently. And he keeps going. I think he's trying to hit a record. That's disgusting. Just stop. (laughs) Nick Cannon, if you're trying to fund this, don't. You've got a lot of kids you got to pay for. Um, But as you were speaking earlier, was that to be very expensive? He don't need to fund me. He needs to pay for his damn kids. Um, but I think, you know, just even the dynamic of watching friends that aren't friends, mm-hmm. you really see the seasons of people's life. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people say social media is a curse. I honestly love it. And you talked about this with Madison. Yeah. How yeah. it's been a blessing because now she's at the age that she can talk to you via social media. So those of you that are listening that don't know about this, there is an actual messenger through Facebook that the parent controls. A parent controls who they are friends with, who they can speak to, time limits. Like, it's very monitored. And everything that my kid does or says, I can see. Um, so Madison has it. And she got it, really, because her little group of friends that she has, that's how they all talk when they are not um, dancing together. But I am able to add the family members that I want her to keep in touch with. And she will message Allie and I love it. It makes my day. Like I honestly, I, you know, the first time she messaged me, I was like, whoa, holy shit. This yeah. is awesome. Like I, I love the fact that she would just like randomly message me. Like I think I had a cold one day and she messaged me to see how I was feeling. <laughs> and I was like, that's awesome. Like, yeah. cause you know, it's hard, you know, you, you live in, you know, bum fuck nowhere. And oh, God. And so it's hard because we don't see each other that often. No. Um, but, you know, I appreciate that, you know, you always keep me up to date with Madison's life. And, you know, I always get to be there for the dance recitals and the yeah. birthdays and, you know, David's birthday and yeah. stuff like that. And so it's it's nice because I'm now also with social media and able to keep in touch with her that way. And I mean, social media has its faults. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they should monitor like sexual abusers and pedophiles a little bit better, that but part. you know, I'm sure they'll get there one day. Mm. 
But, you know, otherwise, you know, I have friends from all over the world and social media is how I get to talk to them. Cause, and you know, see the seasons of their life. Absolutely. I mean, one of my very close friends got married and then moved to Portugal and, you know, she's, she's definitely one of my, like, no matter where, no matter when friends, because I know that even if we go months without talking, if I needed her, she would absolutely be there. And, you know, when I was in England the last time before they moved, um, she drove like a, a couple hours to be able to come to Stratford to see me see for just a few hours. And we sat, we had tea, we talked, we bitched. It was great. Um, and then, you know, I have my friend Richard in England, who's like my big brother. And he's also definitely a no matter where, no matter when. Yeah. Um, he is incredibly understanding and loyal and you know I can't he doesn't always understand how I'm feeling because we see things very differently but he always respects how I'm feeling yeah and I feel like that's a very important part of that type of friend is the respect because we're not gonna always understand what everyone's going no we're not always gonna agree what people with what our friends are doing but that's where that boundary of respect comes in Mm mm-hmm because if you can't have healthy boundaries as friends, listen, Ali said it, I'm confrontational. Yes, you are. And a lot of people don't like that about me. Mm-hmm. But that is how I'm built. That Until is who I am. Yeah. And I feel like if you are my friend and you know that, I might scare you. Love That's it. okay. Um, but you also know at the end of the day, even as confrontational as I am, nine times out of ten when I'm speaking or I'm pissed off, it's because I'm coming out of a place of hurt and I want to be able to let you know, like I said this last night is when I am getting mad, I gave you the privilege to see me in a vulnerable state. Mm-hmm. So if you are my friend, you have seen all shades. Yeah. I want to say it's 50 shades of gray. Cause I really don't like the color gray. And also that just gives the wrong <laughs> message. <laughs> But you, okay, it's just colorful. We'll say that. Yeah. Um, You've seen all different shades. So you've seen me, you know, divulge information that I don't like to share. I'm not one of those people that really likes to let people in on what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I tend to bottle it up and my husband will attest to that. Um, And then I explode. Yeah. Um, But if I've given you a view into my life to know personally what is going on and you are my friend... One, don't go out and discuss it with other people I'm not friends with because it's none of their goddamn business. Of course. And two, that is a privilege because you are getting a glance into my life. And that's a big deal for me. You know, when we get into family, we will talk about, you know, family trauma and the ties and trust and everything like that. Um, so it'll make a little more sense as to why I'm so confrontational. Yeah. But, you know, I don't allow myself to be vulnerable because I've always been taught that vulnerability is weakness. Now, growing up, I know that it's not. Mm-hmm. It's good to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've hurt me in a sense and I divulge something to you and you repeat it or, you know, as I said yesterday, a loyal person usually gets angry and gets mad because they would never if you're telling me something's going on in your life, I'm not going to run, you know, go and tell it on, on the mountain. It's not the person I am. Yeah. Um, 
So I think I get, I come from a place of hurt when I'm angry because I would never do the same thing to you. Yeah. And I think, you know, you go, you go to anger. Yes. I do not. I, I do not do anger. It's not even that I don't do anger. Well, I don't do anger. No, you're not an angry person. I'm just not. I, I get sad. I get, you, you are, know. you are the fight. I am the fight. Yeah. And you know, like, like what you were saying about like, you have to have that respect, even if you don't understand, you know, like with the situation I'm going through right now, you know, a lot of people don't understand how I'm feeling. No. And I feel like there is a, that a lot of people are flirting with the line of between respect and disrespect. Yes. Because they don't get it. And that's fine. Like if you don't understand what I'm feeling, you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand why I'm feeling it. That's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But respect that those are my feelings. Yes. You have to hold people accountable for that. Because then I feel like that's where you start learning who your friends are. And then once that line is crossed, there's no coming back. Yeah. So once you have hurt me, I will be hurt. But I feel like we've always been like, let's give you 35 more chances to prove me right. Valid. It's happened. Valid. Because we love people and, and you and I are on the same level as when we love people, we love people wholeheartedly. There's Absolutely. no half-ass. No. There's no great area. It's either I love you or I don't. Yep. Um. So when we love, we cling to it. That's probably where a lot of the anger comes into. Um. But I will also say, and Ali will probably be able to attest to this, the meme that I shared the other day that said, I will cut a motherfucker off quicker than they can spin their head around. I will ex-cousin, ex-coworker, ex-friend, you fast, just ask my ex-sister. Yeah. So it's a prime example. Because Absolutely. then once I reach that point and I'm done, you don't exist in my book. 100%. I mean, I'm the same way. I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't get angry, um, but I will give people many, many chances um, and I, I let people come back into my life that I never should have, but you know, I do love, you know, my brother always says I give 110% to everybody and, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think that that is a bad thing. I think, you know, it's important, you know, like you said, I, I think it's important to be vulnerable. I think it's important to, you know, be who you are and, you know, I don't think emotion and, vulnerability are weaknesses I no. think I think they're strengths yeah. and I think that love is strength and if you you can love and you know all the shit that I've been through and all the shit I've had done to me and the fact that I still have the capacity to love the way that I do mm-hmm. I think makes it even more a strength yeah and I you know but when it comes down to it I there are a few people I have cut off they, you know, they, they got their hundred chances and I'm done. And honestly, a few of those times weren't even because what they did to me, because what they did to someone else that I care about, you know, my, um, not most recent ex, but the ex before him, Mm -hmm. um, who is a massively huge piece of shit. Um, I cut him off because of how he spoke about his sister you know, I love his sister. She is 100% a no matter where, no matter when friend. Um, but he was being very cruel and very rude 
about her and you know he has no room to talk about anybody so the fact that he was speaking so horribly about her is what got me to that point to just be like you know what fuck you like you're a piece of shit you have no right to talk about honesty and loyalty and anything and I blocked him and we have not spoken and it's just been a delight (laughs) but I think I'm still gonna slash his tires that's fine he's got a shitty car anyways (laughs) But that I paid to fix, by the way. Don't do that for people. I've, oh I've learned a lesson. Well, there's those friends, too. That's, I feel like, so, I mean, our hopes we've talked about is the dynamic that hopefully this brings in. So I feel like if you're young or we won't use the word young because I feel like we're still young. So if you're going through, like, that college phase, we've said, you know, your dynamic of what a no matter when, no matter where friend changes. Mm-hmm. So... That's a thing, too. I feel like in my college years, I always looked past to the friends that would only contact me when they needed something. And it was just, oh, they're my friend. They just, you know, they're going through it. Yeah. They always had an excuse. Yeah. So I feel like that's a big lesson if you can walk away with anything. If someone is only reaching out to you when they need something, Mm -hmm. they're not your friend. Yeah. They are using you, you're serving a purpose in their life, but it's not your purpose that you think you're serving is not the purpose that they have in mind. And I know that's really shitty to say because you don't want to like stereotype, but if you have a friend who's only reaching out to you when they need money, who's only reaching out to you when they need a place to stay, who's only reaching out to you when they are on a break for the 35th time with their toxic ass boyfriend, they're not your friend. Yeah. And, you know, we always, you know, everybody always talks about red flags in relationships, but there are red flags in friendships too. And, you know, that's a thing. And I think with me, I always, I've always looked at people for their potential, for who I see that they could be. Yes. And that gets me in trouble because, and I do it with friends, relationships. Um, The problem with that is that that's not who they are and they're showing you who they are. And you have to believe that. And I think that's one of the great things about Canada was I didn't have to look at potentially who he could be. Yeah. Who he is right now is an incredible person. And it was nice to actually be with someone that, you know, I admired and I respected and who inspired me to do better and to be better and to make the changes in my life that I had been putting off. And, you know, it's, it's nice to have that in a person and you know, it's nice to have that in friends. You know, you want friends that you can rely on. You want friends that you can turn to for good and bad that'll share in everything and that you can respect. You don't want friends that you look at and you're just like, wow, I disagree with the way you live your life, the way you talk to people, the way you do everything. I hate, Everything that you do, I'm still going to be your friend because I've known you for 20 years. Yeah, no. It doesn't, it should, it shouldn't work like no, that. No, and I feel like when we talk about family, that's going to, that applies to family as well. Yeah. Just because you are my blood does not mean, you know, blood is not always thicker than water. No. And I know that's like a really cliche saying, but it's the truth. Um, I feel like, you know, you will learn very quickly. And my great grandmother always said this. Actions speak louder than words. 
And if someone is physically showing you everything you need to see, pay attention. Yep. Because you will sidestep and let things keep going because you don't want to lose a person. Don't be afraid to lose them. Because if they're not willing to change, they're not willing to see what they're doing is wrong and it's hurting you, they're not your friend. Yeah. No, for sure. I think that, like, you know, it. I think that's hard. That's always been a hard lesson for me because I'm, I'm very much a word person. Yes. So when someone says the pretty things and the pretty words and stuff like that, you know, I tend to fall for that because words are so important to me Yeah. because being a writer and, you know, being an English teacher and all of that stuff, words are my life. Yeah. But it has been, you know, a tough pill to swallow with a lot of the people that have come in and out of my life, friends, relationships, whatever, um, to realize that anybody can say they love you. Anybody can say that they're there for you, but it's the ones that pick up the phone at three in the morning. It's the ones that, you know, are there for you and root you on and recovery or anything you're going through. And it's, you know, the ones that really show you that they're there, not just tell you I'll always be there, but actually be there. Yeah. And I feel like when you go through life, so we've lost a lot of friends and not in the sense of like lost them as they're still around, but we just are not friends. Like physically have seen our friends be buried. Yep. And that puts a lot into perspective. Absolutely. So you realize very quickly, you know, Ali, I know Kevin and... Robbie. Robbie were big for you. Absolutely. And even me, you know, Sarah was like a huge wake up call. Absolutely. And I was at that time going through turmoil with Nicole. And I remember texting her and being like, I don't want to do this with you anymore. Yeah. I love you. I don't want to fight anymore. You know, we were kind of going through and that'll be something that ties into is spouses, spouses Mm -hmm. and, and boyfriends and significant others. Yeah. Um, You know, but I remember texting her and crying hysterically after finding out about Sarah and being like, you know, holy shit, life is way too fucking short. Yeah. And you really don't know. And so I am big on I love yous with my friends and my friend Amy, I'm sure she'll listen and she'll laugh because I make that shit weird. Yeah. But like I'm heavy on telling my friends I love you. You have to be. Because... You don't, and my kids too, I will not let David hang up the phone without telling me I love you. And I know he gets annoyed because he's a teenager. Naturally. But like, I don't know, especially with everything that's been going on with the mm-hmm. schools, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what could happen. Absolutely. So I am big on saying I love you. Kyle too, we can be in the biggest fight in the world and I will still end it with, you're a fucking asshole. I love you. Good night. Yeah. Because... I want him to know that, you know, yeah, I'm pissed off, but you're still going to hear I love you from me. Something that my mom has always taught me and, you know, her and my dad have been together, I think, like 45 years. Yeah. And I think they've been married like 38. Mm -hmm. So they've been together a long time. And she always says, she goes, I love your father every day. That does not mean I like him every day. 
That could be the same with your friends. It could be friends, children, spouses, significant others, siblings. It does not matter. Just because you love someone does not mean you always like them. No. Because people do things that piss you off, but it's still important, you know, like you said, to let people know you love them. Like I, like you said, I, you know, I still, Robbie and Kevin have both been gone five years. It's so crazy. And I, I'm still devastated that they're not here. Like I am, I still struggle with the fact that I'll never get to hug them again or, you know, Kevin always had this weird way of saying my name or he called me Bubby, which for those that don't know, that means grandmother in Yiddish. <laughs> but he did it because it always made me laugh. Yeah. And, you know, that was always important to him. And he, you know, he had such a beautiful soul. You know, he was that person that he would be going through so much shit and he did go through so much shit. Yeah. Um, But it was important to him that the people around him were always laughing. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I struggle a lot with the fact that they're gone. Um, I still, you know, honestly, at least twice a week, I speak to both of them while I drive in the car and with what's been going on with me lately, I've spoken to Kevin a lot Yeah, and people may think that sounds weird. You're talking to nobody that's there, but I, you know, I have tattoos for Kevin and Robbie that, you know, I hold close to me. Because I want to feel like they're still there. And I can't feel like they're still there if I don't talk to them. Yeah. And so, you know, I, but when they passed, I like reevaluate, reevaluated everything. Like I tried so hard to be closer to the people I was already close with. Yeah. Because I was like, you know what, like I didn't see that happening no you know I I thought you know for one of them that there was a chance of it happening but I never wanted to actually think of it happening yeah you know you don't you don't want to ever see your friends go through pain but you also don't want to ever see your friend like have to bury your friends no and it's gut-wrenching absolutely it's gut-wrenching I feel like when I found out from Sarah it was like the whole group that we were friends with yeah you know Greg and our whole like performing arts crew and I started seeing these posts and I just kept seeing Sarah and I'm like well what Sarah are they talking about yeah and it wasn't until I clicked on one and my I remember sitting in the room and like everything just went blank it's like you just I couldn't think I couldn't breathe yeah I couldn't I was just dumbfounded and I remember being like what the fuck happened? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how, how, mm-hmm. what the hell? And so I feel like, you know, when something like that happens and now Sarah and I have, we always social media, we kept in touch, mm-hmm. but you know, in college when, even be, when I was hanging out with Greg, yeah, her and I were inseparable. Yeah. So, you know, I immediately went back to that and obviously we went through seasons of our lives, mm-hmm. you know, but I remember even being at her funeral and I went with Eden and I remember like going up to her mom and telling her like at night when I'm brushing Madison's hair for a while, there was like a good month and a half where I would just sob. Yeah. And I think it was the reality of knowing she always wanted to be a mom Yeah, and she was never going to have that moment. So it made me not only treasure my friends, but it made me treasure what I had. Yeah. What I have, I should say. Um, because you wonder. I remember when I was in high school, my cousin passed away when he was 21 years old. 
And Kenny Chesney had just came out with a song called Who You Be Today. If you've never listened to it. Oh, even the title makes me hurt. Listen to it. Um, He had just released it. And I remember playing that song on repeat Mm -hmm. and just sitting in the middle of my room. I'm getting emotional thinking about it and bawling my eyes out. Yeah. Because it talks about like. Would you be a father? Would you be a parent? Would you, you know, be a superstar? You know, Kevin, Allie and I will, she's probably going to laugh when I bring this up. I remember sitting in your room and planning that you were going to marry Kevin. Baseball players. I was going to meet one of his friends. Baseball players. (laughs) And we were going to be baseball lives. Yep. And our kids were going to be baseball players. We were like, we had boys names picked out. They were going to be, we were going to have like, they were not going to get traded, and if they got traded, they had to be on the same team. So we always lived in the same state. Yeah, it was like a weird baseball dynasty. Do you I mean, mean, but like, who doesn't like a guy in baseball pants? <laughs> Sorry, babe. <laughs> yeah, no, I am. Um, but I feel like that's you know, Kevin could have been such an incredible you know success with baseball. You know, he had a full scholarship in college to play baseball, and yeah. you know, he was. Um, on varsity baseball in high school all four years I believe and you know he was just he was incredible like I don't like baseball I think it's very boring Mm -hmm. but I remember when Kevin and I were dating very long time ago like 19 years ago was sitting with his mom and his sister and watching him play baseball in the boiling hot summer in Baltimore and sitting out there for double hitters and mm-hmm. everything. But, you know, it wasn't that I was enjoying watching baseball. I, I was enjoying watching him. him. I mean, I he would, was, he was an artist. I was enjoyed baseball. watching the whole team. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he was, he was, he was incredible. And, you know, him and Robbie both had, I think it's a different way of saying they had so much potential. Yes. Because they're not here anymore yeah. to live up to that. Yeah. And they both could have, you know, Robbie's passion for music and all the things that he loved, you know, he, they both could have done such incredible things. And I think that's a good point in friendship too, is reminding your friends of their potential because sometimes, I mean, I will tell you, there are days that I literally look like I went through war. Yeah. I will walk around with a stained shirt. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I'm not that person. I don't care what anybody has to think. Um, where you can tell I haven't sleep slept, you know, where I will let my mind get the best of me. And sometimes I just need that push of you got this, Mm -hmm. you got this. Yeah. And I feel like you need that for friends. So one of the things I wanted to talk about with you, because I think maybe this isn't what a lot of people do. What would you say your top require I don't want to say requirements because I don't feel like you need a requirement to be my friend Mm -hmm. what would you say your non-negotiables are for friends like hell no we can't be friends this is just something that it will either potentially lead to you not being in my life or I just can't fuck with you at all from the get-go like I can meet you I can be cordial but this it will never go past that I think one of the things that's very, very important to me is that my friends also have some type of a positive relationship with my brother. Yeah. I think if you can't get along with my brother, then we have issues. Yes. Because my brother. It's Greg. It's very strange to me that there are people that don't get along with Greg, but I've also 
been around some shitty people. So for those that need a reference, and Greg will come into play when we talk more about family, obviously, we'll probably at some point maybe have him on. Um, Greg is like the epitome of a walking, talking Care Bear. Yeah. And I've always said that from the minute I met him. Yeah. He is like the most happy-go-lucky, um, constant, like his smile from the minute I met him. Yeah. Um, is infectious. Yeah. And I feel like if you can't look at Greg and smile or laugh. And he'll do his best to make you laugh. Yes. He will go out of his way. There's something wrong with you. Yeah. And I think something that's also very special about my brother is his ability to kind of just like envelop a group of people yes. to give them support if they don't have it. You know, when I was going through treatment in New York, my brother used to come to all of the family groups mm-hmm. and there were a few people that didn't have family coming. So they were just sitting in the group listening to other people's family members talking about how they can support their loved one. And they didn't have that. Yeah. And I remember a lot of the times that Greg came, he would like put himself in the middle of everybody and just be like, you don't have support here. I am your support. Yeah. And my brother became like everybody's brother because that's just who he is. And, you know, I, I can't wait to see my brother become a father because oh, he, be he will be the most incredible father because my brother just has the warmest heart So for me, if I have a friend in my life that can't get along with my brother, Mm -hmm. then that's a huge issue with me. It's not negotiable. Because to me, that also shows me that you're probably not a good person. Yeah. Because my brother is like this like walking, talking like. Care bear. But it's also, (laughs) yeah, but it's also like he's like a gauge for if you're a good person or not. Yeah, he's got a really good radar for Because Greg will get along with everyone. You know, Greg is the polar opposite of me because Greg is the most extroverted person. Mm. You know, he loves being in groups. He loves being around people and he can talk to anybody about anything. Yeah, he thrives in social settings. And me, I can't be in social settings. Like it oh my god it it makes me so uncomfortable being around lots of people it makes me uncomfortable being around more than like four people yeah so you know it's it's very challenging for me because i i don't do well talking to people yeah if someone talks to me i can talk to them but i don't initiate conversations with people which is why i did such a horrible job selling comedy tickets in times square Because in case anyone was wondering, people don't approach you and ask you if you have comedy tickets. I feel like it's also New York might be a little hard to gauge. Yeah. But my brother was great at that. You know, my brother my brother held records and you know, he he'd be like he'd tell people, you know, if I can do my pitch in one minute, you have to buy tickets. And he'd do his entire pitch. And you could understand everything he was saying. He gave you all the information. He made you want to go in a minute. And I feel like that's why he sold a lot of tickets. But, you know, I I think that's definitely a big one for me. I think also how they show their support when I'm struggling. Yeah. Because, you know, when I'm in recovery and, you know, doing fine and dandy with my meals and everything like that, you know, it's easy to be around me. Yeah. When I'm struggling and I don't want to eat and I want to use symptoms and I'm having a hard time with the eating disorder, that's really shown me sometimes who my true friends are. Yeah. Because I'm not an easy person to be around when I'm going through my struggles. And I'm, you know, I I will be the first to admit that I'm not always honest when I'm going through my struggles. Yeah. 
you know, it's, it's a very isolating disease and it's a very, you know, hard thing to go through. And a lot of the time for me, you know, I feel like I'm a burden and that pushes me further into the hole and to have friends that are like, you know what, we can get through this and support me and, you know, not always say the right thing, but at least try and say the right thing. And be there for me has really shown me who matters and who's really there for me. Because like we were saying before, the people that are there for you in hard times and good times are the people you want in your life. And when I'm going through it and I relapse, it's, it really, it takes a lot to be around me. And I, I know that. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that in my friends because you know, I have friends that I've been in recovery and they've been struggling and I'm like sometimes almost at a loss of what yeah. to do, even though I struggle with the same <clears throat> thing. Yeah. You know, I have a friend right now who is deeply struggling um, and basically just every day trying to make it to the end of the day. You know, yeah. she's on a colostomy bag. She doesn't have a colon anymore. She's missing part of her small intestine she um her pancreas is failing you know she she's not doing well and I know that every day is a challenge for her and there are times where I sit on FaceTime with her and I have no idea what to say say. yeah but I think what's important is that I'm still there I'm still listening and I'm still you know I remind her that you know I remind her two things one I give a little bit of tough love because the fact of the matter is, is that when all of this started and her first trip to the hospital, when she lost her colon, she went back and relapsed right after. Yeah. So, you know, I do, I do tell her that, you know, this, this didn't happen by mistake. Yeah. But I also tell her there is a way back. Yeah. You know, there, your recovery is not always a delight, but neither is, neither are the symptoms of going through the eating disorder. You know, I don't, I don't always like being in recovery, but I like being able to stand up and not black out. I like my hair not falling out. Yeah. I like having been able to build the trust with my family and my friends again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think those are the two major ones for me is my brother and Ed and being able to handle me in the dark times. Yeah. I feel like that's about the same. Mine is obviously my my husband and my kids. Mm-hmm. So I've said this from the get-go. There's three things that are always going to be mm-hmm. uh, non-negotiable mm-hmm. for me. Don't talk mm-hmm. about me as a wife. Don't talk about me as a mother. And don't talk about my husband or my kids. Yeah. Because the minute you do that, you've crossed a line that you're not coming back from. Mm-hmm. So... And respect. I feel like, you know, we had discussed this. Um, When you go through seasons of life and your friends start to change and they have Mm -hmm. significant others, you may not always like their significant other. Absolutely. Doesn't mean you can disrespect them. Of course. So I feel like, you know, Ali can tell you even with Kyle, there's been things that have happened in the course of our 14-year relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, that – she may not have always agreed with and but at the end of the day that's who I chose to spend my life with absolutely so I feel like 
you would be able to tell him like, hey, that was bullshit. Mm-hmm. But then we could just proceed. Yeah. And I think honestly, there have been a few times that I've been upset with what Kyle's done or, you know, how he's treated you in the past. You know, he's always been, you know, there for you, but there've been always certain things that bothered me. But I think when I really started to fully respect Kyle as a singular person, not just as your significant other is when you guys got David. Yeah. I think watching him take on that role for Mm -hmm. David and showing him what a role model could be yeah. definitely changed my perspective of him. Yeah, because he didn't have to. Yeah, no, he didn't. He did not he did not have to let that happen. He no. did not and he jumped into that role yeah. and took David on and I that he gained a lot of respect from me for how he's been with David. Yeah. Cuz it I, takes it takes a certain kind of man to be it, able it really to do does, that. It really does because you can't, you know, that's it's a lot. It's a big mm-hmm. take on. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like there has been instances, you know, in other friends groups where I have heard, you know, it actually come out of people's mouths. Like, oh, you can come, but he can't. Oh, you can come, but she can't. Um, But I feel like it's different. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to tolerate being around somebody if I know they're toxic. Yeah. If I know, you know, you're coming to my kid's birthday party and this kid is going, this person is going to make my kid's birthday party about them, then I'm not always going to respect that person. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a time and a place. So I think that's a huge separation in friendship too. Um, If I'm going to come to you and say something about your significant other, I would hope that as my friend, we would be able to talk about it respectfully. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and you would also be listening, you know, if a person, my great grandmother said it, a person shows you their true colors, listen. Yeah. So if I feel like if I'm friends with you and you are in a relationship with someone and they are constantly, you know, isolating you Mm -hmm. or showing the red flags that we've talked about. And when we get into, you know, more of the relationship podcast episodes, we will talk about a lot of the red flags. Um, isolating you from your friends or, you know, trying to dictate everything that you do with your friends or the events you can go to, or they're turning, you know, big milestone events for your niece or nephew or, you you know, your best friends about them. Mm -hmm. It's probably not going to work out. Yeah. And I think I honestly, if I'm being honest, I don't think I've done well with that part. Yeah. Because with he who shall not be named, <laughs> um, everybody told me he was bad. Yeah. Even his family members told me, run. Yeah. And I did not listen. And I, again, wanted to see the potential that I thought he had. Yeah. But I was seeing someone that did not exist and never would. Yeah. So I, I deeply regret not listening to all the people that tried to tell me what was wrong with him. Yeah. Because it's not that I didn't see that those things were wrong with him. It's that the few moments that we had that were good, I clung to those. Yeah. And I, so I don't think that I've always done well with listening to my friends when they've told me something about my significant other. I've always been, you know, open Mm -hmm. to hearing what they have to say but I haven't always listened. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I've tried to do better with that, you know, with my most recent relationship, nobody met him. Yeah. 
So that's why I kind of have an issue with anyone saying anything about him. Because they've never... They don't know yeah. him. And the fact of the matter is, is the way things ended may not have been the best. Mm-hmm. But he is a good person. Yeah. He he is a phenomenal person. And I, you know, I know I've, I've stood up for a lot of people I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. But I will continue to stand up for him yeah. no matter what. Because he is a good man. And... I really don't give a shit what anyone says because I I know it's coming from a place of worrying about me. Yeah. But don't take it out on him. No. And I think that's, you know, too, Mm -hmm. you, when you love your friends, you want to see them happy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's hard from the perspective. I mean, I can talk about it with the situation I had with Nicole with the thing that she was dating. Um. You know, I had, I wanted her to be happy. And in those moments I was happy, but then I started to see the isolation. I started to see where, you know, she would make no time for anybody else. And this person was taking everything and I I missed my friend. Mm -hmm. But then I was also the one that was getting the phone calls of her crying because of the shitty things that were done. Mm -hmm. So I feel like in your situation, we don't have that because it's not up until things ended recently Mm -hmm. there was never a moment where you were like oh my god he's hit me oh my god he said this oh my god he's done you know what I mean because it never existed you know and I think that kind of says a lot about that relationship is that like whenever you and I talked about him yeah it was always good things yeah because I didn't have anything bad to say you know he was really smitten I was I still am but, you know, it, he wasn't the best at communication. Yeah. It was not his strong suit. But other than that, you know, he's an incredible person. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we always go to our friends when things are going wrong, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But then you kind of put a bad taste in their mouth about yes. the person. So that was Be- a big struggle Nicole and I had. Yeah, because you don't, you know, you don't. For some reason, we don't always talk about the positives. No. We bitch about the negative. Yeah. And with him, I didn't have any negatives. Yeah. You know, like, my negative was he was too far away and I wanted to see his smile. Yeah. Like, that was that was the negative. And so I think that that was important was because when I talked to you about him, when I talked to Richard about him or anybody, you know, it was the way he spoke to me, the way he treated me, the way he looked at me. Like, yeah. I didn't have bad things to say. So for people to then turn it around now that we're not together anymore, this trying to say bad things about him yeah, bothers me. Because and it shouldn't be because they don't know the person. That he exactly. Is. You can't. And they've, he's never given them a reason to. Yep. Other than you being upset right now. And I get that. Listen, again, Ali will tell you I am a fierce protector. Yeah. Don't want to see you hurting. But in the same sense, he's not like fucking Voldemort, okay, where I still want to go slash his tires. I know. I still want to confront him one day and be like, you're a fucking idiot. Like most of our exes that we've had in the past. So I get that. But I feel like you have to have these open, honest conversations Mm -hmm. with your friends. And if you're scared to have that, are you really friends? Yeah, I feel like friendships, you know, relationships, you should never walk on eggshells. No. But especially friendships, you no. should never walk on eggshells. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all adults. Yeah. Now, you know people handle things differently. Again, I'm confrontational and I get angry very quick. And I cry very quick. So, 
But if you're my friend, I feel like you know that and there's ways to go about it. I may be pissed off and lash out, but then I will slowly start to calm myself down and realize, okay, this person is really having a conversation with me. Like I need to be listening. I need to be understanding and know like we're two adults Mm -hmm. having a conversation. Yeah. And you have to be able to take that retrospect of being able to hear the other person. Yeah. Because sometimes as much as you want to be right, you're not. Mm -hmm. That's a hard pill for me to swallow. Yeah. Because I really always, as horrible as it sounds, want to be like, I fucking told you so. Yeah. But sometimes you can't take that route. So I think that's another thing too is you have to have friends that know when to be selfish and know when not to be selfish. Mm -hmm. And when you really need them, like they know to put that on the back burner. And we've talked about this. You know, you and I are very similar in our gift giving. Yeah. And we don't expect, like, we don't give it to hold it over somebody's head. Absolutely not. You know, I talked about it, you know, when Nicole rolled her ankle that we're pretty sure she broke. She never got it looked at. Yeah. You know, I went down and spent the entire day. She was in the process of moving. She couldn't even pack boxes. Mm-hmm. She couldn't walk. Yeah. So I went, I remember going down and helping her pack. I remember going down and, like, deep cleaning her entire apartment because she couldn't do anything taking her grocery shopping because nobody else would take her grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. So I feel like those are the kind of things. And it wasn't, I'm not telling her, Oh my God, when you broke your ankle, remember when you broke your ankle, I was, you know, no, because I love her. And I know that if something like that happened to me, she would do the same. Absolutely. And you know, I always, my, I was always raised that, you know, you don't give gifts to get gifts in return. You give gifts because of the happiness it brings other people. Now, I definitely take that to a different level. Mm-hmm. I um, I will always, you know, try and personalize my gifts to everyone's personalities and who they are or something that's important to them, you know. Yes. For Canada, when his grandmother passed away, I um, I got him a bracelet that um, has her name engraved in it yeah. so that he could hold her close to him because she was very important to him. Yeah. Um, and you know, those are the types of things that I do because it's important to me yeah. to be able to show the people that I love, that I love them. And whether it be, you know, getting something for Emily that has a giraffe on it, you yeah. know, I got, I got her a, a wine bottle holder. That's a giraffe. Yeah. You know, like, because she loves giraffes. That's her spirit animal. That's, you know, yeah. the animal that she loves or getting the bracelet for Canada that, you know, meant a lot to him. So, you know, I, I do things because I like, I genuinely love seeing people happy. happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, would it be nice sometimes to get that in return? Sure. But I don't expect it. I don't do it to get yeah. that. I, I just want everyone to be happy yeah. and to know that I love them and I appreciate them. Yes. And that's a big, I think that plays a big role, you know, in your friendships is being able to know who your friends are. For sure. You know that I'm going to result to 